Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. You're listening to episode 48 of the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. And I think that it's really easy for us as moms to put our kids first, put other people first. You know, we are serving people all the time and often we forget about filling up our own cup. And so like, I just love sharing that it's something that can be done exercise and that it's okay to focus that little bit of time on yourself because then you can pour back into your kids, into your spouse, into your friends, into your family. And I think that me sharing that kind of helps to give moms permission that it's okay to give themselves that time. Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a super mom, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. Hey friends, Kristen here. Welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. Today's guest was such a joy to talk to. You can absolutely hear just the passion and excitement that she has in working with mamas and and helping them live healthier lives. Heather England is the face and the voice behind the website Fit Mama Real Food, the host of the weekly healthy living podcast Fit Mama Real Food Radio, and the creator of Fit Mama Real Foods Yoga and Strength on YouTube, where she shares quick and effective fitness, yoga, and strength training workouts. She's a yoga fit and AFAA certified group fitness instructor and began her teaching career in 2011. She's taught classes varying from strength training, cycle, aqua aerobics, kickboxing, silver sneakers, yoga, sports agility, and boot camps. She finds so much joy in making movement fun for people. Seeing the transformation exercise can have both physically and mentally inspires Heather every day to guide women to take the time to focus on themselves in this way. In 2008, Heather started her journey to find out how to truly nourish herself through food and fitness. She took numerous nutrition courses and began learning about exercise. It wasn't a straight shot to where she is now, but eventually she landed a healthy and happy relationship with real food as the focus 
an intentional movement that encourages health, energy, and joy. Heather is a wife to Jacob and mom of four little kids, Hunter, seven, Zoe, five, Nova, three, and Holland, one. She lives in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Gratitude, nourishing real foods, movement, and laughter are a must every single day. Oh, I love her bio. And friends, I know that you are going to love Heather. If you are not already a listener of Fit Mama Real Food, you are going to be now. If you don't already follow her um, really simple, doable yoga and strength training workouts on YouTube, I think you will after this conversation. We talk all about how to fit fitness and movement into your real mama life and why it's important to move our bodies on a regular basis, but that it doesn't need to look a certain way. We talk about in intuitive movement, um, how to practice gratitude, and how important mindset is in our mama lives. And we even dig into a little bit about real food. It was an awesome conversation. I am so excited for you guys to listen to. So without further ado, here is my interview with Heather. Hey, Heather, welcome to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Hey, Kristen, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to dig into our conversation today. So I already shared your bio. But I would love if you could just share your story about how you got started and how you got to where you are today with Fit Mama Real Food. Yes, I would love to share that. So, gosh, my story started more than a decade ago, which makes me feel old when I say that. But I'm just in my 30s, which is not old at all. I was getting ready to get married. My husband and I have been married for 11 years now. And back then, I was definitely more in the mindset of like, get ready for my wedding, get in shape, lose weight, which was totally on my mind then. Um, And that's around when I started my blog, which totally used to be called Get Healthy with Heather. It had a a shift when I got um, kiddos. Um, But I really just started diving into what does eating healthy look like to me? What does moving my body and exercising with intention look like? And I just began sharing about that. I I am a forever learner. So what I was learning, I was sharing with my readers. um, And it was simple things like understanding what a carbohydrate is, because forever, I didn't really understand what macronutrients were. Um, So it really started in this space of me learning and me sharing. And then over time, I began teaching group fitness, which I still do, and I absolutely love so much. And so I um, started sharing more workouts, and then I had kiddos, and I started sharing more about motherhood. It's basically been a journey of the changes in my life and the things that I'm learning. I am sharing with my listeners. And so now Fit Mama Real Food, it's really evolved into a place where moms can come and look for simplified fitness um, workouts that they can just do in their home, turn the TV on and just follow my instructions as a group fitness instructor. And then I love sharing healthy, real food recipes that are family friendly because we're cooking for four kiddos here, too. Um, and just positivity. So that is what Fit Mama Real Food is. I love that so much. I love that your journey started with just learning and learning about the things that worked for you and then sharing. And I think that that is such an important perspective of learning along the way and being transparent with your, you know, your followers that I'm learning this too. And I'm just sharing with you what I'm learning. And clearly you have learned so much. And now, you know, you've grown to where you are today. And I think that's, that's so cool. Um, and I have to give your, um, 
your yoga challenge a plug because it was so awesome. I love that, you know, the workouts that you provide are kind of do anywhere workouts. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And because I think for busy moms, that is so, so key. (laughs) Because, you know, that's what we're going to talk a lot about today um, is, you know, fitness and and making it work for your life and um, finding what feels good to you. But I think um, the way you approach it for busy moms is, is so great. Yeah, and I'm I'm right there with them. I'm also a busy mama, so it's like what what is what can I do? And maybe that'll work for other mamas too. So I yeah. love sharing that. Totally. So so when you became a mom, I'm kind of curious. So what made you become interested in sort of shifting into working with moms and helping moms feel better with fitness and real food? Was it I mean cuz I mean some some women become moms and they just keep sharing what they're sharing, but you really did shift into this, um, this place where you are sharing mostly for moms. Was there something that sparked you where you're like, I need to share this from a mom's perspective. Do you have any, you know, stories to share or anything that, um, that really kind of made you make that shift? Yeah. Well, I really felt drawn to supporting moms because when I became a mom, I realized that, it's really hard as a mom to be able to, you know, fit your workouts in. And I feel very blessed that I get to teach group fitness classes so I can fit them in that way. But I've gone through seasons where I haven't taught as much, you know, postpartum and then not getting back into it. And so being able to find that time for myself to move because it's an important thing for me, I realized it's really hard. And so I wanted to provide resources for moms specifically, of course, these workouts are for anybody, but I wanted to share that moms can do this and this is how you can fit the time in um, because for myself, I found mentally it's so important for me, especially in the postpartum period. And I think that it's really easy for us as moms to put our kids first, put other people first. You know, we are serving people all the time and often we forget about filling up our own cup. And so, like, I just love sharing that it's something that can be done, exercise, and that it's okay to focus that little bit of time on yourself because then you can pour back into your kids, into your spouse, into your friends, into your family. And I think that me sharing that kind of helps to give moms permission that it's okay to give themselves that time because I think, like I said, it's we're just serving others And we're doing it out of the love and the kindness in our hearts. But sometimes that can come at the sacrifice of ourselves. So that's my message that I love to share. Oh, my gosh. I agree with you 100%. I'm over here nodding, going, yes. And I I talk to my clients about this all the time because I I think a lot of moms do struggle with mommy guilt Mm -hmm. around, you know, taking that time for ourselves. But it is so true that if we take time for ourselves and take time to care for ourselves, we are better physically mentally and we can show up better for our family. So I think that's such an important message. Oh yeah. I love that you mentioned mommy guilt because I just want to say like, I still struggle with that just because I know that it's important to take the time for myself. That doesn't always mean that it's easy. Just earlier in this week, I was wanting to get away for a couple hours and I was just feeling like, oh, I have all these things to do around the house. Like I want to have this time with this kiddo and the guilt just comes in. But then having that like talk in my mind, like this is important for me too. It's okay to take two hours in a week. <laughs> They'll be okay. We don't change as people 
when we become moms. We become moms and that's something that's a, a different part of ourselves, right? But I think we tend to forget that we are, you know, we are our own people who also need to be to be taken care of and that it is okay to take that time. And that doesn't mean we yeah. neglect our families. It means that yeah. we, we take the time we need so that we can be there for our families. Yeah. Yes. And I think you're so right. I definitely have that, that mommy guilt of like, even this morning, my mom came to watch my daughter and she watched her for a couple hours yesterday and she was going no 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 and she like she loves my mom so much I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. that my mom is close by and that she watches my kiddos very often but I was so it hurt my heart a little bit because I'm like oh but it's only it's like you know two hours so I know Mm -hmm. that I'll see her later but her little like two-year-old heart is like mommy's leaving me again I felt so bad but you know what it's all about that balance. And I know that we're going to spend the rest of the day together and she's going to forget about this morning mm-hmm. when she was like, no, no, mommy, don't leave. And that it's only a couple hours. And this fills my cup up too. Having this conversation with you and, and um, producing this podcast is is really life-giving for me. And I know that I'm going to, you know, enter into the rest of the day with her and be more present. And, and so I think that's, yeah, that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I want to share that, um, my total be, to be transparent, my therapist told me when I had a conversation about being having mom guilt was no matter how much you pour into your kid, they're always going to want more. Mm. And, and so they're always going to say like, no, like, don't leave me. Even if you've spent like eight hours with them and you've just been like on the floor playing with them and connecting and they're always going to want more of you. And so them saying like, no, or being sad that you're leaving, it's not that you're doing anything bad. It's that that's just how they are. They just love you and they want more of you, but it's okay to, you know, take that little time. Yes, totally. It's normal for kids to want more of mommy. And it's a good thing mm-hmm. that they want more of mommy, but it's also a good thing that we, we take care of ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yes. So I wanted to dig a little bit more into the exercise side of things, because I think this is your your super strength, right? Mm-hmm. And I really, I love your approach to exercise, because you are all about making fitness, you know, a self-care type thing, right? Making mm-hmm. it positive instead of punishment is what you talk about a lot. And I think in our society, unfortunately, this isn't how we see it. I think we, a lot of us see it um, what either as moms or just as women um, as kind of a must do instead of a want to. And we think of it as like, you know, that punishment or that thing we have to do rather something than rather than being something that is for self-care. So I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if you can just sort of encourage the listener who wants to maybe get into an exercise routine or can't quite stick to an exercise routine um, or feels hesitant because she thinks that it's going to be torture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, it's something that I'm so passionate about. And when I first started teaching fitness, how many years ago has it been? Nine years ago or something? Um, I didn't really have that mindset. I was much more into like, yeah, let's work out. I'm going to get in shape. And that was kind of the messaging that I would share. But I noticed that when I would be in other classes and an instructor would say, like, oh, we're going to work out and, you know, flatten our tummy or burn the calories before a Thanksgiving meal, like those kind of things really irked me inside. And I was like, that that shouldn't be the messaging around exercise. We shouldn't be having to do exercise to get X results, which would often be weight loss. Like it can be a tool that you use, but is that the only reason that we should be exercising? And I think that no, like you can totally have goals that you want to strive for, 
But I wanted to share a different message because when we go into exercise with that mindset of I need to do this to lose weight or change my body in a certain way, it can be this thing on our must-do list, on our to-do list. And it can feel like torture because we're not going into it with a mindset of, I am here to care for my body. I'm here to move it and get stronger and help my my sanity at the same time. And so I really wanted to share that that shift in the way that we can think about exercise. And um, if a mom is hesitant to start because she feels like it's going to be torture, then maybe the exercise that she's thinking about isn't the right one for her. There's so many different ways that we can move our bodies. Going for a walk is an amazing way to move your body. Trying a yoga class, maybe lifting a few weights, going on a hike or biking or swimming or a kickboxing class or whatever interests her, whatever maybe she's tried in the past and that she liked or things that she's a little curious about, like they've Maybe she stood outside and watched a dance class and like, hey, that kind of looks fun. Maybe I want to try it. So I think that finding exercise that you are excited about or curious about is a great place to start. And also going in with no expectations for yourself. So most classes that I teach in a gym are 60 minutes. That can be a really long time. And 60 minutes can seem really intimidating and can be torturous. But maybe you go in with the mindset of, I'm going to try this for 20 or 30 minutes to start. And I, I want to share as an instructor, if you come up to an instructor and tell them like, hey, I have to leave it this time, they're going to be cool with it. And that'll kind of give you the permission as well. And so I think trying things out, things that you're curious about and going little bits at a time and then seeing if you like it. Because when you find movement that you enjoy, that makes you feel good, you're going to be more excited to continue with it. And instead of feeling like it's this thing that you have to do, that it's something that you're excited about and that you feel good, good doing. Um, so that would definitely be my encouragement is just finding something that you want to try or that you can continue to add in and little bits at a time. Like, don't feel like you have to jump in a, five days a week, 60 minutes a day. That's a lot, especially if you're like already having a hard time finding time for exercise. Try five, 10, 20 minutes a few times a week and then just build that, that um, habit. And then if you want, you can slowly add more in. Yes, I love all of that. I'm not having those expectations. I think that's mm -hmm. something that I have definitely struggled with in the past, mm -hmm. especially like in the postpartum stage yeah. going like, Oh yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to kill this 60 minute workout. And then, you know, getting through 20 or 30 minutes and being like, wow, I am really tired Maybe yeah. because I haven't worked out this intensely in oh nine months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And because I do, I am someone who I mean, not naturally, not naturally athletic, but I have enjoyed fitness for a number of years. And it is for me at this point, something that is really good for my self care and is sort of like an escape. But I have had to learn, you know, for myself and my own sanity to go in without those expectations. Mm -hmm. And I love that, you know, you mentioned starting slow too, because it mm -hmm. is so important, no matter what stage you're at, at fitness, in fitness, if you're trying something new, if you're coming from, you know, postpartum or, you know, to, to start slow and to turn it into a habit and something that you're doing because it feels good, not because, um, because you have to. But I also, yeah. yeah, I love that you mentioned finding something that you actually like, because I think we do think that it needs to look 
a certain way and it doesn't, yeah. it can really, it can simply be moving your body. Yeah. And it can, you have the permission to change that too. Maybe what's working for you one month, you kind of get a little bored with it and then try something different. I mean, I think the goal is to move our bodies and it doesn't really matter what that is, but something that you love and that you can just continuously do because moving is just, it's healthy for everybody. Yes, totally. I like that you mentioned that too, that, you know, it might be different what you like this month and what you like next month. I noticed that Mm -hmm. my um, fitness preferences really do change seasonally. So Mm -hmm. in the summertime, I do not want to go anywhere near anything that could potentially look like a gym. Like I don't want to because I want to be outside because I do live in the Northeast. So it gets pretty cold pretty quickly here this fall. It's because it's September when we're recording now. It's actually already gotten pretty chilly. Um, Mm -hmm. But I enjoy going on runs and walks outside when it's a little bit more chilly. But once it gets cold, I'm a fair weather runner. I'm going to be out. I'm going to be back inside. And I love group fitness classes for that reason because they're inside. It's a place I can go and get away from the cold. But in the summertime, I do like being outside more. I like, you know, doing runs and walks or yoga on the lawn. I love those Mm -hmm. type of things. And I think that's important that we, you know, encourage the mom too that, it's okay if you what you like this month is different than next month. It's not going to, yeah. you know, make this huge difference in your fitness if, you know, one month you're doing yoga and one month you're liking walking or running or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. And I love that you tune into your needs too and allow yourself to just shift that. And I find that when it's nice weather, uh, people do get outside a lot more. I mean, as teaching classes, there's less people in the class, but it's because people are enjoying being outside. And that's awesome. So I love that. You're not the only one tuning into your needs. Yes, totally. Um, and you know what? So something that I that I mentioned and that I kind of want to touch on a little bit more is seasons of life yeah. and talking about how our fitness might change in the different seasons of our life and mm-hmm. whether it's seasons of the year, like I was talking about, yeah. or seasons like kind of the postpartum period or maybe pregnancy. Um, and so I'm wondering what your advice is to the mom who maybe just had a baby or maybe is newly pregnant and wants to get, I know those are two very different stages, but we can kind of touch on both and wants to get into a fitness routine, but things are changing and she, or have changed and she's a little bit discouraged. Yeah. Let's talk about um, kind of pregnancy and then through postpartum because it's kind of the stage of um, what a woman would go through. And I just had a conversation on Monday with a gal who was newly pregnant, like, six, eight weeks. Mm -hmm. And she was asking me like, okay, what, like she was at my body pump class, the strength training. She's like, what can I do? Do I need to already change it? And the great thing about early pregnancy is whatever you were doing before, you can typically just continue to do. And so movement is so important during pregnancy to continue to move. It'll help you with your labor and delivery later down those next few months. Um, So continuing to move in the way that you do. When you get maybe about halfway through your pregnancy, maybe your belly's starting to get a little bigger, um, you'll want to make sure that you're not, you know, laying on your stomach or fully laying down on your back. Those are some things to consider, but still continuing to do things that you were doing before, just making sure that your intensity is at a level that you can continue to talk and that you're not exhausting yourself. And really it's about finding movement or continuing to do movement that doesn't wear you out, that you feel good doing. So you might notice that some workouts that you're doing in the beginning of pregnancy just don't feel as good as your belly is growing 
or, you know, maybe you're twisting in different ways and that becomes uncomfortable with, st- with your stomach. And so adjusting your workouts and finding things that feel good. Like we talked about, walking is amazing, especially mm-hmm. during pregnancy. I mean, just walking helps your hips to be a little more in alignment and your baby to be in a better position. I um, mean, it's just a natural movement. Um, some other things that are great in pregnancy are like hip rolls and cat and cow in yoga. Um, and a lot of movements where you're maybe on your hands and your knees and your belly is going down towards the floor. And that just helps your baby to get in more proper alignment for when departure is going to happen. Um, and so just allowing yourself to lessen your intensity as you go through your pregnancy and continue to feel good. So maybe at the beginning of your pregnancy, you were lifting X amount of weights. And, but you don't need to continue that all through your pregnancy. So it's this gradual decrease in intensity as you're continuing to grow your baby. Because as you grow that baby and your belly gets bigger, you're naturally going to be exerting more energy. You're doing a lot growing that baby. And so we don't need to be shifting or we don't need to be continuing at that intense level. Um, so just knowing that like, it's cool for your exercise to shift. And just because it's shifting into less intensity doesn't mean like if that's hard for someone, it doesn't mean that's a forever thing. It's just the season that you're in. So then let's talk about after baby is born. Of course, resting is super important after you have a baby. And I mean, I, I know it's if you're used to an exercise program and continuing to exercise, maybe you exercise through your due date. It, you can like get the itch to get back to moving and exercising sooner than your body is ready. And you might be feeling good at three or four weeks after having a baby. But there's a lot of healing that happens internally in your body. And so allowing yourself that, you know, at minimum six weeks before you do any movement. And then I always like to think about when I'm getting back into exercise after having a baby, because I have four kiddos, so I've done this four times, that what was my intensity or level at the end of my pregnancy? And I kind of think of it as like, I'm up here and it's lowering and gradually going down the intensity. So I want to have that same curve slowly going back up. So when I come back into exercise, I'm not jumping back to where I was before having a baby. I look at where was I at the end of my pregnancy. And that's a great place to start back up. Now, one of the best things that I did after having my fourth baby was going to see a pelvic floor specialist. I wish, I wish that I would have one, even known about it after having my first baby and uh, two, gone after every pregnancy. And I just want to share, like, I thankfully didn't have any, any symptoms that sent me to it, but I learned like, hey, this is an important thing. And I'm glad I went because I ended up needing to see a pelvic floor specialist. Um, and so if, if a mom has the resources to go see one just to get checked out to make sure that her pelvic floor is, you know, strengthening how it should be and having the flexibility that it should be as well to be able to relax, just having that, you know, full range of strength and relaxation, um, that would be something that I would definitely recommend for all mamas if they can. Um, And then making sure that, again, starting slow as you get back into exercise, um, 
you know, start with five, 10 minutes is all that you need to. And then gradually grow that if you want to, just like it took nine months of pregnancy to reduce that intensity, give yourself at least that much time to slowly bring that back up because uh, there's no reason to jump right back in. We have a whole life and uh, we want to care for our bodies as we are, you know, becoming moms and taking care of ourselves. So those are definitely some, some advice for during pregnancy and after having a baby. I loved all of that so much. You can see me over here nodding like crazy. I love, it. <laughs> I love that visual so much. And I wish I had that visual after my two kiddos. And even though it took me had very different postpartum experiences with my kiddos. My first, I had a really, really tough pregnancy, and I didn't start out at um, the same level of fitness that I did with my second. Um, but And so it took me some time to get back into it. It was about five months postpartum before I really got into fitness. And then I really just went in full force, and that was when I went a little bit to the extreme with fitness <laughs> with my first. But it then happened. I was at a higher level of fitness um, when I started with my second, and it was hard, even though I'm in a much more balanced place, a much more balanced mindset, it was hard because I did still have the idea in my head and I needed encouragement from my friends and my coach um, afterwards and my husband even too to tell me it's okay if you are not ready to run a marathon six weeks after this baby is born. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to okay. get right back into it. Like as soon as that, as soon as my midwife gives me the go, I'm going to get right back into it. But mm-hmm. the reality was that I needed a little bit more time to recover. And my body told me when I was moving too much and I had to back off and I did have to start not have to, I do love to walk, but I started by walking and then I slowly started adding in yoga and strength and then running, which is what I was excited to get back into uh, mm-hmm. because I couldn't do it when I was pregnant because I had some, I had some pelvic, some issues with my pelvis um, during pregnancy. And so I love, love that visual of, you know, starting back where you were at the end of your pregnancy and then mm-hmm. going back up. So that is fabulous. And I really hope that that resonated. I'm sure it will resonate with, with any of the moms listening who are, who are either inching towards that stage or in that stage right now. Um, and I do also have to, like, say how... Um, how awesome I think that pelvic floor health is too. And that I, even though like I, I did group fitness for a while and it was mostly focused on moms and I have a couple fitness certifications that I I don't really, I don't practice anymore. We really didn't talk about it. It wasn't talked about. Yeah. And it it was actually only this past weekend that I took a pelvic health workshop because I found it fascinating. I have a friend who is a pelvic floor, um, health specialist. She's a PT. I'm actually going to get her on the podcast um, very soon to come and talk about it because it is so important. And I think it's something that's not talked about enough. So I'm so glad you brought that up. And I hope it encourages the mom to look into it, whether or not she's having issues, because I think, or obvious issues, right? So if she's having, you know, obvious issues with incontinence or things like that, then you're like, oh, well, I've got to go see a pelvic floor health specialist. But, you know, there are other things that could be going on, you know, with your Mm -hmm. hips and the muscles surrounding that we don't even realize. And it is such an important muscle group that just isn't talked about. Yes. Yeah. It was definitely one of the best decisions that I made to go. Like you said, I didn't have anything obviously wrong with me. I had a weak pelvic floor and then, but I loved that it's, um, the one that I saw, she, you know, checked over my whole body and noticed that my glute medius muscles were just really weak and that can help 
and when you strengthen them, that can help with like low back pain. And so it's like these things that you don't think about um, could be because of a weak pelvic floor or imbalances in your body. And so I just think of it as a way for self-care, um, especially in that postpartum period, like that hour or 30 minutes or whatever it is, is just really focused on you and caring from yourself and truly for pelvic floor work. It's from the inside out. Um, and yeah. And like you said, like I've been teaching for so long and I have never had any talk about pelvic floor work and I have so many different certifications and I'm like, this is such a missed area. And yeah, so I'm glad you're going to have someone on. I had a gal on too. And then I learned so much from even going and seeing a pelvic floor specialist. So we got to keep spreading the word. (laughs) We do. It's so, it's so important. So I'm glad you, Mm -hmm. I'm totally glad you brought that up. Yeah. So I wanted to dig in a little bit more to this postpartum stage because I think so many of the moms listening, um, a lot of the moms in my circle, because I still only have a, an almost two-year-old, um, are really are in this phase of life. And I think something that comes up a lot in the fitness world as we're, and I love, like I said, the analogy used of kind of coming back slowly, but mm-hmm. a lot of the moms who are listening or in that postpartum stage, um, are a lot of them are worried about losing the baby weight or getting mm-hmm. the baby weight off and using fitness rather than as a tool for self-care, um, as this tool of something that's just to change our bodies. And obviously, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, we all have different goals and, you know, mm-hmm. we want our bodies to get back into balance, whatever that means for us after having a baby. But mm-hmm. can you share why fitness is, we've talked about, oh, fitness is so important, you know, moving your body is so important, but why is it important for our day-to-day life outside of just losing the baby weight, so to speak? Yeah, there are many reasons. And for me personally, I love endorphins. They make me very happy. Um, they, when I exercise, and I hear this from other people too, when you exercise, you can let go of thoughts and almost go into like a meditative state. And then you come back with these happy endorphins and you just feel better. Um, after, especially after, after having a baby, it can help with any postpartum depression. I mean, maybe not fully, but it can help with that exercise just can make you feel happier. So just for mental sanity, it can help in that way. Being able to lift things, move our bodies in all the directions that we should be being able to lift up or scoop down and pick up our kiddos or carry 10 bags of groceries in because you only want to take one trip out to the car. It can help in that way, just a really functional way that you have an able body and that you're able to do things without pain or without restrictions. And um, if you love going to classes, one other benefit that you can get is community getting to know other mamas around there and having that support network. I think community is is so important, especially with maintaining a fitness routine, um, having either a friend or, like I said, a class that you go to or maybe even an online group that you can check in with. Um, there's many different ways that we can create that community and community support can just give us this um, – this connection that you wouldn't find if you were just doing it solo. And of course, we can work out on our own, but some people love to have more community. I know I love connecting with other mamas too. And another thing is I love to set an example for my kiddos. I love for that when they see me exercising and moving my body 
and having fun with it that I'm not like frustrated because I can only do like five push-ups. I'm like having fun with it and they're in there with me and we're laughing um, and they're seeing that sometimes I'm challenging myself and doing hard things and other times I'm just moving and being silly or, you know, rolling around on the ground and taking care of myself. So I think as a mama, especially being able to be that example to show that your kids that movement is good and that they can move their bodies and it doesn't need to be this torturous thing like we've talked about that it can be something that you can do with your kids if you want to, or they can just see you doing it. Or maybe they just know that, you know, we're going to the gym and mommy's taking time for herself because exercise is important. They don't have to physically be seeing it um, if that doesn't work out. But I think that being the example is just so important for kiddos for sure. Totally. I love that you brought that up because it is important as moms that we are that example. And I like the different ways you shared that they can watch you and and sort of see that that balance of fitness, too, where mm -hmm. sometimes you are pushing yourself yourself harder and sometimes it is, you know, just kind of fun and silly and you're just moving your body and they see both of that or they see you going to the gym for self-care. I think that is they're all so important. I know. My five-year-old now has seen me work out in front of the TV a lot because I do a lot of workouts from home. Um, mm -hmm. If I'm not outside or going to a group fitness class, then she does see me work out at home. So she has a couple of like kids workout programs that she'll want to mm -hmm. do every so often. She'll be like, mommy, I need you to stay out because I'm going to go do my yoga. Oh my There's, gosh, I love that. I don't know if it's on Amazon or Netflix, but it's like Cosmic Kids Yoga. And YouTube. she Is it YouTube? Okay, so yeah. she loves it. And so she'll yes. say, I'm going to do my workout now. And my youngest will do, anytime I tell her we're going to do a workout, she'll go into Downward Dog. And she'll just, oh. like, she knows that that's usually a part of most of my workouts, either, you know, whether they're like yeah. a yoga style or there's, you know, that, um, that cool down stretch. So, yeah. so they see me do it too. And I hope that, you know, I'm instilling in them too, that it's, it's something that's an important part of our routine, mm -hmm. but that it can be silly sometimes, or it can be hard sometimes or both. Yes. <laughs> so I yeah. love that. Oh, that's so cute. I, I just love like when kiddos are doing their movements and having fun with it. And it is just the cutest. As moms, we're like, we think our kids are the cutest, but it is so cute. <laughs> it is, totally. <laughs> and you know what? I think this leads really well into something else I, I wanted I wanted to talk to you about. And that is that the biggest thing that I hear from moms when, when I'm working with them and we're talking about adding more movement into their life, because if that's a goal for them, is, well, I just don't have time or maybe you know they can't afford to send their kids to or they can't afford a gym membership so they can't send their kids to childcare at the gym um mm -hmm. so they're like i just don't have time to work out i want to i know it's good for me but i just don't have time so do you mm -hmm. have encouragement for the mom or advice for the mom who who says i just don't have time yes so i would ask the mom if there really is a five minutes that she can find because i think sometimes when we say i don't have time and I'll share an example with my husband in just a moment, um, that it hasn't become a priority. So my husband for years, years, he just said he didn't have time to go to the gym or to work out. And so he just didn't do it until one day he decided, I want to go to the gym. And so he found the time because he, he made it a priority for himself. Um, and I think the same can go for us mamas. We might have this vision that we need to go to the gym and that's the only way that we can work out. But truly finding five, 10, 15 minutes in our day, and you can break it up. Say you wanna work out for 15 minutes in the day, you can do five minutes in the morning, five minutes at lunch, five minutes before bed. Um, it all adds up. 
And so like truly looking internally and realizing if it is a priority or not. And then if it is, then you schedule it in. You look at your schedule and you say, okay, today I know like I need to be getting ready by 6 a.m. so that when the kids wake up at 7, I'm ready to go and I can't do anything from this time. Okay, so can I get up five minutes earlier? Or once the kids are down, can I turn a video on for 10 minutes? And just making sure that we schedule that in and if we need some accountability, maybe you have a friend that you can be accountable with or a community online as well. Just if, if that accountability is something that we need, maybe telling somebody, hey, I'm going to do this workout. Can you text me later and ask me if I did it? Um, because that right there can motivate people. I don't know if you're familiar with Gretchen Rubin and the four tendencies. I am. I love her. <laughs> oh, yes. I know. I love her stuff, too. And I always think about... Um, the work that she shares with exercise. Do you need external accountability or can you hold yourself accountable? And if nobody's ever taken her quiz to see what your tendency is, um, it's it's really um, interesting to see what you are. And maybe you find that you need that external accountability. So creating that and setting that up because you'll be more successful once you have that external accountability, or maybe you know that if you write it on your calendar, it's going to happen and that works for you, then that that is awesome. Um, and I also want to share another thing. I have a whole podcast episode on this about working out with your kiddos. Mm -hmm. My friend Heidi and I, we recorded it together and we would often take our kids to the park. I have four kids and she has three kids and they're all like, they're all six and under, so little ones. And we would just lay a blanket out, put out all the snacks and do our best kind of alternating maybe we would run maybe we would do some squats and some push-ups and when kiddos would need us we would hold them and we just we did our best we made it work um, and had fun with it and knew going into it it's not going to look perfect and often when you exercise with kids around it's not going to be perfect it's not going to go exactly how you want it to but just going in with the mindset of hey, I'm going to move, I'm going to do my best. And if I, you know, get a few minutes in, and then I have to hold my kid, that's okay. I can always pick it up later. Or maybe the next time I get a little more time in. Um, but definitely making sure it's a priority internally for yourself, scheduling it in however you need that accountability. And then also maybe make it into a fun play date with a mama friend who's got kiddos, and will be okay with your kid crying for a long time. And, <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's such a good idea. And I really, really liked that you touched on the fact that it does add up so that it's mm -hmm. okay if you just do five minutes. If, if that's all you do, that's all you do. But if you want to mm -hmm. do more, you could do five minutes in the morning and five minutes maybe at, during mm -hmm. nap time and five minutes at night. And I think that's a big misconception in the fitness world too. And I think it was to me, even when I was going through like my personal training course years and years ago, where they were like, yeah, you know, it, as long as you're getting 30 minutes during the day, that's the general recommendation, 30 minutes about five times a week. Mm -hmm. It's fine if you do three 10 minute spurts throughout the day. And you know, we're talking about moms who might not have that much time. But you know, it's all mm -hmm. about working up to it and what feels good to you. But I really, really like that you mentioned that because it does add up every little bit mm -hmm. of movement adds up. And it's just it's just about moving our bodies and finding the best way to work that into our schedule, whether it is, you know, working out with a friend or having someone check in with us and, and making sure that we're doing what feels good. 
Mm-hmm, exactly. I love that you mentioned Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies too, because I am a rebel, um, So, I, which is one of the most rare tendencies. And it took me a while to figure this out because I could not figure out what my tendency was. I thought I was the, um, I think it's the upholder, the one that uh, meets inner and outer ex- expectations. Mm-hmm. But I started realizing that if somebody told me to do something that I wouldn't want to do it. And I was like, oh, I think I might be a rebel. So I'm like the total opposite. If you tell me that I'm going to work out on Thursdays at noon, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. I'm going to need no. to. <laughs> so for me, I have to I have to really I have to find what what works for me in that way. Mm. So we are all different. And I think that's an important point to bring up that, you know, different different ways work for different people in, in everything. And when it comes to our fitness or our nutrition or or whatever or anything we need to get done in life, it's important to know kind of what our personality type is, what our tendencies are, what do we need to make these things that are important to us happen? Self-care too. Yeah, Yeah. yes, exactly. And also with accountability, you might need one thing for fitness, but something else totally works differently for eating or for going to bed on time. Um, So it doesn't like, maybe you need accountability for fitness, but you're good in other areas. Um, So just kind of figuring out what you need for yourself, because like you said, everybody is different. I love that you're a rebel. That's so fun. I'm a questioner. um, And I remember first listening to her talk about all of them. I was like, oh, I do question a lot of things. I am kind of stubborn. I'm probably a questioner. <laughs> totally was. My husband is a questioner, which is mm-hmm. so frustrating for me because he <laughs> literally asks a question for everything. It's, I mean, and it works. Like, that's just how his brain works. And he needs an answer to something before he agrees to something. But I've learned that now. And I think it's it's improved our marriage because I just I, I can anticipate that he's going to ask a question about everything yeah. and need an answer before he makes a decision about something. Yes. Yeah, so it, it I, can be a really helpful way of, of getting to know ourselves or our spouses a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so talking about um, getting to know ourselves a little bit better, we've touched on this a couple times, but I really do want to touch on this a little bit um, more as we're, as we're you know, talking about fitness. Um, and dig into a little bit about that intuitive movement piece. So we've talked about, you know, finding what feels good, trying something new. And I think that is important that we that we consistently try new things to, to find what feels good. Um, and I talk a lot about, you know, intuitive eating, but it really does apply to movement too and finding what feels good. Do you have advice for the mom to tuning in to the workout her body needs? Or, you know, how does she tell what feels good to her? Mm-hmm. Well, I think letting go of what society is telling us is really important to, for tuning into our needs. And how do we know what our body needs? So, I mean, if you're new to exercise and you haven't tried very many, it might be kind of hard to know, like, yeah, today I want to go for a run and that's going to feel good. Or today I want to do some yoga. If we haven't tried things, we might not know. So if you're new to exercise, kind of giving yourself the um, the ability to try different things and then just notice how you feel after them. Maybe when you go for a run, you feel awesome. You have mental clarity. You've had that space to just think. You feel energized. Um, but then maybe the next day you go for another run and you just don't feel as good. And so then you can tune in like, hey, I feel really good when I run the first day. But if I go running the next day thinking I'm going to get the same thing, I don't maybe I should try something different. Maybe I could have done yoga and I would have felt better in my body. And so I think trying out 
different forms of exercise and then just tuning into how you feel after and thinking like, how did that work in my schedule? Does running five days a week maybe not make me feel the best? Does lifting weights five days a week maybe not make me feel the best? So what can I do to kind of create my schedule that leaves my body and my energy feeling the best? And, uh, and maybe that looks like, you know, a couple days a week you run or lift weights or do yoga. But also maybe you go into it with a plan and then your kid is up all night and you're just so tired and you had thought that you were going to lift weights in front of the TV, but you just want to take a nap but your kid is awake, so you can't. So maybe that day you put them in the carrier and you go outside and you get some fresh air and you're tuning into your needs. Like moving your body will help to give you energy and especially being outside can help to give you energy. And so thinking about how you slept, do you have the energy to exert for exercise or can you do something that's more gentle but still energy giving? So maybe you're not exerting yourself in as strenuous ways. So really thinking about, you know, what kind of exercise do you like, which we've definitely talked a lot about, but then also tuning into your personal energy levels based on sleep, based on making sure that we're getting enough food in and balanced food, um, and then going from there, thinking about what kind of energy can I exert? Because I've, I mean, I've definitely exerted way too much energy and exercise, and then just felt really tired and cranky. And that doesn't make me a good mom. And so knowing like what my limit is for a day and then not pushing past that, because if I give too much in that area, then I am taking it away from another area in my life. And so finding what will work for you in your season, you know, depending on how much your kiddos waking up, <laughs> that definitely is a factor in our energy. Yes, I think that's such an important point. And I will be perfectly honest that this is an area that has been really hard for me personally <laughs> to work through because I'm such a schedule person. I'm like, okay, like I have these days to work out in these times. And then if something does happen, like this week I've got a head cold and I'm training for a half marathon. And so this week I wanted to get a couple runs in, but I had to really get like real with myself and go, you are not running this week. And that's okay. I've been training for a couple months for this. I will be okay if I miss a week of running. What's more important for my body and for my kids and the rest of the things I'm doing this week is to take it easy and either mm -hmm. take days off or go for walks, which is what I've been doing when I feel like it. Like this morning, mm -hmm. I felt like a short walk. So I went in a short walk yesterday. I was like, no way. I'm not doing anything. And so mm -hmm. I really had to tune in, even though I had something on the schedule. I had to really tune into, yeah, if I try and go for a run when I'm sick, first of all, it's probably going to last longer because that's not going to be good for, for my body and my immune system right now because I'm just pushing mm -hmm. my body too far. And I know I'm not going to have energy when my daughter comes home from school at 3 p.m. I'm going to be a disaster and I want to show up well for my kids. Mm -hmm. So I love that you mentioned that, you know, our energy levels change on a daily basis. And we do have things that happen, whether it's our kids not sleeping or, you know, you come down with some sort of a, an illness. Mm -hmm. Um that's really a really important way to tune in. Yes. Oh, yeah. And way to tune in. That's so hard, especially when you have goals. Um, and then allowing yourself like the okay to do less it can be really it can be really hard, especially if fitness is something that, you know, you're really goal oriented around. It can be really hard to take rest days and really hard to do less. But rest is 
equally as important as pushing yourself because rest is when your body, you know, when when your muscles grow and when you re-energize yourself so that you can come back stronger the next time. So if we're constantly wearing ourselves down, we're not going to be building that strength. We need to give it that rest to rebuild. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that too, because I think for any of the, we've got, you know, we've got moms on every end of the spectrum who are Mm -hmm. listening. We've got those go-getter moms who have those goals, like myself, (laughs) Mm -hmm. who, you know, find it a little bit harder to rest. And I have learned over the years that the more I allow myself to rest, the better that I am. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's such an important reminder for the mom that rest is just as important as the movement that we do. And there really is, really is balance in in all of Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I wanted to um, switch gears a little bit and talk about something that is totally related to everything we've talked about, but a little bit different. And it's just something really awesome that if the listener who is listening has is not following you on Instagram, which I think that they should, because I think you post <laughs> awesome stuff. Thank um, you. But something that you post every day to your stories is um, gratitude for the things in your life. And you share different gratitudes every single day. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can share how focusing daily on gratitude has changed your mama life. Mm, oh, my gosh. This is one of the best like mental decisions that I made months ago was to like start writing down three things that I'm grateful for. And I'm so glad that I decided to just start doing it on my stories because it was accountability for me. I would find that I would want to do it and I would for maybe a week, like do it in a notebook, but then I wouldn't have it near me or I would forget and be away. But with it being on my phone, I can just, my phone is always with me. So I can make sure that every day I'm writing down three things I'm grateful for. And it has just helped me to shift my mindset so much. And especially as a mom, you know, you might go into the day with the intention of cleaning your house or getting a workout in or playing a game with your kids or whatever it may be. And then life happens and things are not going as you wanted them to. And being grateful for the little things, for the big big things, has helped me so much to just be thankful when things don't go as planned. Because there's always something to be grateful for. And it it's helped me so much to just roll with it. To like be fine with, you know, a messy house. Because I have a house. And kids that are waking me up at night because I have kids. And just and so, so much. So I think being grateful and building that practice can just help to shift your mindset instead of focusing so much on the things that don't go as planned to be grateful for the things that you have. So I, I mean, I encourage anybody who wants to just try that, give yourself a week of just writing down three things that you're grateful for or one or three, you can pick your own number. I just started with three. doesn't really matter the number. Um, because it's, it has been this just shift in my mindset and it helps me just be more positive. And I love positivity. So anything that can uh, bring that more, I am, I am down for. I love that. I love that you mentioned that, you know, things don't go as planned most days. I mean, some days they do. Some days go really smoothly. And for me, that's uh, a surprise when things go exactly <laughs> the way I have them planned. And it's, it's very rare. Um, so I love that you bring that, that gratitude in, in the morning, first thing where you're like, this is what I'm going to focus on. I think that is such an important mind shift, mindset shift, especially when we're trying to make changes to our health too. It can mm-hmm. be really easy to focus so strongly on our goals and 
forget about the other things in our life or the things that we already have and that you know focusing on our health is just part of living our life and and it's improving our life improving our life as moms but really Mm -hmm. starting with I am just grateful that I have a home and I have Mm -hmm. kids and that I am healthy enough to move even if my kid Mm -hmm. was up six times last night and I'm not getting my workout (laughs) in today as I planned (laughs) Uh being grateful for those things so I really wanted to share that because I think it's so powerful and I think I need to challenge myself to start doing it on my own Instagram and, and really start bringing that into because um, I love that, you know, that accountability of I'm going to share this and I'm going to yes. share this with other people, whether you're just sharing it, you know, texting one of your friends and saying, hey, for the next week, I'm just going to share, you know, what are three things that I'm, I'm grateful for so that it's not something where you you sort of forget about, you know, because it's easy to forget about those little things that we're grateful for. But when we do focus on those little things, just like you said, um, it, it makes us remember what's what's important. Yes, Kristen, I want you to tag me when you share. I mean, <laughs> I you're a rebel, so you don't have to. But if you want to, <laughs> then you can. <laughs> I'll think about it, you know. <laughs> okay, whatever you want to do. <laughs> no, I, I definitely will. I think I'll challenge myself to do that because I, I like I that. And it. so now that I'm saying it on the podcast, now I have to do it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, because they're going to follow up with me and be like, you know, you you told her that you're going to do this and, and I are not. I, and I care about them. I care about my listeners. So <laughs> good. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. So I am the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Um, So I'd be remiss if we didn't touch on food at all, because that's such a part of our healthy balance. We've talked a ton about fitness and about gratitude. So we've gotten, you know, the the mindset and the movement portions. Um, But, you know, you are Fit Mama Real Food. And uh, you know that I am all about real food, too, and incorporating more real food in a balance, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering what your best tips are as a mom of four, because I do not have the experience. I just have two kiddos and (laughs) trying to make it work with two you have double (laughs) for enjoying more real food um with as little time as a mama of four yes well um i think this is something that we both feel strongly about meal planning and meal prep are just key um i have weeks when i am on it and i you know spend some time on sunday and i i have my plan and i meal prep things and i feel like i got this i can get dinner on the table and i'm not having to chop all the things while holding a baby i mean my youngest is 17 months so she still likes to be held a lot and it just it helps me so much as a mom to be more present with my kids, but still feed everybody real food because real food takes more time. I mean, it takes more work than just opening up a package or taking something out of the freezer and just popping it in the oven or on the stove. And so if real food is something that you want to prioritize, going in with a plan for what you're going to be eating and having. And honestly, like for a long time, I was just doing writing out dinners But I have found writing out like what we're going to have for breakfast and lunch and dinners is so helpful. I've got two kiddos in school, so we pack lunches for them. And what I found that works really well for our family is rotating through two to three lunches and two to three breakfasts. And so when I'm writing out my dinner meal plan, which I'll typically do on Saturday, I just like to be prepared for the Sunday through Saturday. I also write out like, okay, what are two to three breakfasts that we want to have for the week and two to three lunches? And then we kind of rotate through that. Like we're totally fine repeating a couple of times throughout the week. I mean, I think we all have favorite breakfasts that we'll repeat over and over again. Um, But going in with kind of a plan, a game plan, so that I make sure we have enough groceries on hand. We buy a lot of groceries for the six of us. (laughs) Um, 
and then meal prepping what I can and being okay with maybe not meal prepping in one day. Maybe on Sunday I just can make one thing and then on Monday I have a little bit of time in the afternoon and so I can prep a little more. And so some weeks it looks like I can spend two or three hours in the kitchen. Sometimes I am just doing little bits every day and just getting a little bit ahead. So getting as much ahead as you can with meal prep um, is really, really helpful, especially if you've got kiddos. And then for feeding kiddos, I truly believe being an example rather than just a a speaker of what we should do um, is helpful for, for kids. Kids are, you know, they always want to have what you have. And so if you're feeding yourself real balanced meals that are colorful and flavorful, which is totally the way that real food should be, delicious tasting, um, they're going to be excited to try it. And for us in our house, I, you know, I cook one meal. But I will say, sometimes I know my kiddos aren't going to be excited about things or it's new. So last night, for example, we had stuffed bell peppers and they were delicious. I called them pizza stuffed bell peppers. They just tasted like a pizza on the inside, but they don't really like cooked bell peppers. And I knew that. So I always like to add something that I know that they're going to like. So I cut up oranges so they could have along with that too. And they just ate the filling and didn't eat the bell pepper but I was exposing them to it. And just because they don't like it now doesn't mean in five, 10 years they won't like it. So exposing our kids. But, you know, we as moms, we want to make sure that we're feeding our kids well. Um, so making sure that we offer something that they're familiar with or that they can enjoy, but then still partake in the meal. So those are some of my examples and tips. Um, but yeah, you got this, mama. You can do it. Yes. Oh, such good advice. I, I love that you mentioned the kids too, and that, you know, we should be that example for them. And we have, you know, kind of not a rule. I don't like to put rules around food, but our kind of um, philosophy, I guess, in our house is that if it's on our plate, our kids can have it too. So mm-hmm. we're not eating anything that they can't have. And, you know, we, we pretty much share everything. And we make one meal for the whole family too with Mm-hmm. light modifications things like taco night is not as spicy as it used to be mm-hmm. and we do a lot of things where we can like the kids can pick and choose a couple things to put on their plate but we're all eating mm-hmm. the same meal and I love mm-hmm. that you gave them a little something that was familiar to them but also gave them something that you know maybe they don't love now but they could in the future so they're being exposed to that so I love that mm-hmm. and you know I'm on board with with the meal planning and the meal prep and mm-hmm. I love that you um put it as just um, putting yourself ahead of the meals so that you're you're in a really good position to make the next meal and, and make it happen a lot faster. Um, I know that this year in particular, really the last two weeks has been a really big shift for us because I've been talking about meal planning and meal prep for years. Mm-hmm. But now that I have a big kiddo in school, oh my gosh, it's a game changer. She has activities during, so she's at school during the day. So mm-hmm. I have a little bit more time. I still have my two-year-old. But yeah. I've got a little bit more time during the day, but she has activities almost every night of the week or Mm -hmm. school events, things like that. And I'm like, I really need to get ahead of it so that we can get dinner on the table because, you know, once a week we do like to do pizza night or takeout, but I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not great for our budget and we want to feel good and we want to eat those real foods. So it is, it is so important. I think that was, that was Mm -hmm. great advice. Thank you so much. 
Oh, you're so welcome. And yeah, it's it's hard when kiddos are in school and have all the activities because then it I think it's crucial to look ahead at your schedule and you're looking at your week like for us Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are activities and like, hey, I'm not going to be spending time in the kitchen cooking. Can I use a crock pot? Can I make something advanced to just reheat? Um, and that just sets me up for success. And it takes the stress out of it because cooking shouldn't be stressful, hopefully. Uh, and so just having that little plan is just a game changer, especially with kiddos. Totally. A hundred percent. The mm-hmm. crock pot and the instant pot are my best friend, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially yes. in this season. Yes. Yeah. So, Heather, this has been such an incredible conversation. I think that there is so much value for the mom listening, um, no matter what stage of motherhood that she's in, whether mm-hmm. she's pregnant or postpartum or wanting to get into into a new fitness routine um, or eat more real food. I think that you've given some incredible advice. Um, so I'm wondering if you just have any last advice for the listener who's wanting to live a fit mom of real food life. Yes. Um... I would say, you know, first I wanted to say, take it slow, but maybe that's not your season that you're in. So look at your season that you're in and see what you want your life to look like. Does, do you want to start getting into exercise? Do you want to train for a half marathon? Like find what is going to work for you and then make it happen for yourself. But also give your take pressure off of yourself at the same time. It's such a balance. You know, I, I want mamas to feel like they can do what they want to do, but then not get down on themselves if things don't go the way. So finding what you want in your life and going for it, but then also allowing yourself to have pressure, take it off. That would be my my advice for mamas. That's awesome. Giving yourself a little bit of grace, but also yes. going for whatever you want to do in the season that you're in. I love exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Because seasons are forever shifting and changing and just taking it in where you're at one day at a time. Totally. Oh, so good. So I have um, three final questions that I like to ask my, uh, my guests and they're sort of rapid fire questions, but you can take as much time as you want. Okay. Um, so the first one, is all about food and uh, because I really love to share about you know real food but really um, nourishing our bodies in a way that feels good and tastes good what is your favorite thing to cook I love cooking so I feel like this is hard but I love colorful things and I just love a big bowl of vegetables with a delicious sauce on them and some protein I have a recipe for a shrimp salad roll bowl. Are you familiar with salad rolls? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like my favorite thing. And so it's basically a deconstructed one with a peanut dressing on it. And like when I put a bowl of that in front of me, I'm like, this makes me feel so good. It's so pretty. It's colorful. Peanut sauce is my favorite thing in the world. So so I would say that's got to be one of my favorite things to cook. That sounds delicious. Do you have that? Is that recipe on your blog? It is. I will send you the okay, link. Send it so to me because I will it. definitely put that in the show notes. And yes. I would love to try that myself because those all sound delicious to me. Yes. <laughs> so my second question is then what is your favorite thing to order if you're going out to a restaurant or have someone cook for you? Ooh, um, I love a good steak and vegetables. Like We don't often cook steak unless it's like a special treat. It's more expensive and, um, you know, 
feeding a lot of people already. So I love a good steak. My husband for my birthday will always like make some filet mignon for us and our friends. Or when we're out and about, that is just a treat. And I love it. I've had a few people say that, actually. And I think there is something about a really good cooked steak or really well cooked steak. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's awesome. So the last question I have is we talk a lot about finding your beautiful balance and going beyond obsessing over food and fitness and finding nourishment and pleasure in both food and movement and life. Um, So I'm wondering what your beautiful balance means to you. Oh, it means that I can live a happy life and move in the way that I want and feel good and be the person that I want to be, the mom and the wife. Um, And so just finding the things that make me feel happy and make me feel good in my body, that's what helps me to find my beautiful balance. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. It really is about finding what what feels good to us. Mm -hmm. So could you share where my listeners can find you? Yes. So my hub is my website, fitmamarealfood.com. And from there, you can find all my places. I've got a YouTube channel, which I share uh, fitness, yoga and strength training workouts. Also some fun recipes coming up too. So we're, we're branching out in the world. That's Fit Mama Real Foods Yoga and Strength on YouTube. I've got a podcast, Fit Mama Real Food Radio. And then my favorite place uh, to hang out is on Instagram at Fit Mama Real Foods. I'd love to connect with your listeners and um, just share positivity, real food, movement, glimpses into motherhood, all that good stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I forgot to mention your YouTube channel earlier. I think I talked about the the program that you had done, but I've done a ton of your videos on YouTube. They really are great. So, Oh, I'm so glad. It's so it's so fun. Teaching is one of my favorite things. It just brings me so much joy. And I love this other way to connect with people all over the world and share my love for teaching too. Totally. And it definitely comes through in your videos. You are so excited and happy. And that's what I want when I'm coming to, you know, to either my my TV or my computer and wanting to do a workout. I want that instructor to be as excited about it as I hope to be. So I love that. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that too. Um, And can I mention my seven day mind body reset that I have coming up? Yeah, totally. So you know, this is coming out in October. And that means we're getting really close to the new year, January, which is, I feel like when we are bombarded with lots of talk about changing our body and losing weight. And I know that you and I both share the value of that not being the focus. And so with my exercise programs, like we move for joy, we move to take care of our bodies. And so I've created a seven day mind body yoga reset It's going to be starting January 1st, um, and it's just seven days of seven-minute workouts, seven recipes, it's all about the seven, and um, mindset practices, too. So I'd love to invite your listeners to join that, and you can find that at fitmamarealfood.com slash seven-day reset, and it's just, if they enjoy positivity, they're going to love it. Oh, totally. I think they're going to love it for sure. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with me today, with us, with all of my listeners today. I so appreciated having you on, especially so early in the morning. (laughs) I love being up early. So it was just perfect for me. And this has just been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me and just for everything that you do, everything you share. Just keep it up, Mama. You're doing amazing things in the world. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, friends, so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I truly hope it encouraged and inspired you today to live a healthier life without restriction. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris or on my website, HealthyMamaChris.com. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. See you in the next episode.